All right, it's probably a good time to run the intro graphic and then get going. So, hey everyone, officially, uh, welcome to the Digital Cash Rundown, episode 136, um, 136 weeks in a row and a little bit more I've been doing this this live show. Um, happy Friday, hope you have a good one so far. Um, I'm joined by the one and only Pedro from Thorwald, CryptoXC, how's it going, man? Hi guys, happy to be here. Yeah, it's going well, thank you for inviting me. Yeah, no problem. Um, I definitely... Um, there's, I'm sure, a lot of things going on in the crypto world today, but I saw Thorchain really do well and Maya really do well. And I've been talking about both projects, Thorchain, since 2021, I think, the ChaosNet days when I was using it. And then Maya, since before, I mean, Alux was on this on my channel since before the, pro the project actually launched. And so I've been watching for a while and talking about it and people just didn't pay attention and now things are popping off and I'm like, I can't wait, you know, to do that. So, um, everyone, if you have my NFT, you can jump into the live, the digital cash rundown channel on my discord and chat and leave super chats. Otherwise YouTube has super chats. You can leave little super chats there and I will put those up on the screen and stuff. Everyone else using the, the regular comments can just comment and, you know, I may or may not answer those. All the all the ones you pay for, you do actually get an answer for. Um, at some point, I would love f to get actual like subscriber status on Twitter, so that I could do a Twitter super chat as well. But you know, we'll see. They're still they're still waiting to see if I'm cool enough. <laughs> but all right. So the first first news story. Let's throw this up on the screen. The big news: Thorchain. So Thorchain weekly stats. Uh, native asset vaults. Over a thousand Bitcoin, over eleven thousand, or over a thousand Bitcoin, over eleven thousand Ethereum. Native assets pooled are uh, two hundred thirty million, about. But then the revenue part is where it's. I think it's interesting. It's a protocol revenue for this last week has been one point one million, which is pretty good. And then of course you have um, affiliates, which get a little bit of affiliate fee. Thorswap made 40k in revenue this last last uh, week, which is pretty nice. Asgard Dex, 2.9 thousand, and then Thor Wallet. Here we go, 2.4 thousand, and so that's organic fees are 43 43.1% versus 56.9% for organic versus block rewards. Uh, we'll get into yeah. that on, on the second one, but yeah, that's that's a lot. Uh, 227 thousand swaps for almost a half billion in volume for Thorchain. So yeah, this has I been think, pretty this has been pretty cool. I think like there, there's there's really a lot to to go through. You know, like you mentioned mm -hmm. many interesting topics. First of all, you know, starting from yeah, like people have been building, talking about Thorchain for several months or even like years, you know. And um, a lot of things have been happening in 2022 was kind of a everyone uh, get destroyed but like the team really at Torchain has kept delivering and as well, many of the other ecosystem projects have just kind of, you know, uh, put their uh, working hats and just keep de delivering, delivering and so on. And I think all of that is kind of coming now into pieces. And I think there are like two pivotal moments. So first is the release of savers. So mm -hmm. for those that do not know, it's like, it's, it's like LPs, but uh, for one, uh, one asset. So like single asset exposure. Like yeah. not exactly technically, but the, the way to understand it is like you you want to pull but only have exposure to Bitcoin, for example. Mm -hmm. Normally you will have exposure to Bitcoin and run. So that was a big, big um thing that had immediate market adoption. Uh, a lot of people were wanting to have this product because before you were always exposed, right? If you had Bitcoin or Ethereum, you wanted to be an LP or you just wanted to have yield but you didn't want to have the exposure of Rune. Uh, so that was a, a major part and that was enabled. Um, and the second pivotal moment was recently, I would say three months ago or so, uh, the introduction of streaming subs. And streaming swap was, I think, the biggest feature that Torchain has built because that kind of really made Torchain now competitive vis-a-vis -vis any protocol out there. And now this is really showing up on the 
uh, you, you can see on the CoinGecko updates and so on, like top four, top three uh, decks overall. And streaming swap, what it does is uh, just allows for large swaps to be executed because they get broken down into smaller swaps, which does enable arbitragers to come and provide good, uh, uh, you know, rebalance the pool and then allow you to execute at good prices. So before, uh, let's say you wanted to do a swap of 500K, then you basically would have massive slippage. And that mm -hmm. that played a huge role on the size of the pool. So the bigger the size of the pool, the smaller the slippage. But now the pool size are uh, not, they haven't grown that much, but just the capital efficiency on those pools and on those uh, like money on the LPs have gone uh, a lot up because um, just arbitrators come, uh, take the profit and then bring down the price, which then in turn has allowed people to start using Torchain way more. So it's kind of been like a little uh, circle, you know, like more swaps uh, create more fees. These more fees go to LPs, more people get interested into LPs. And then the, the APRs, like if you go to Four Wallet, uh, those that do not have, uh, you know, we, we are one of the ecosystem projects, mobile and web app. And you can see there, like the analytics, the APRs for for LPs have just gone through the roof. Like even for like um, big assets like uh, Bitcoin, uh, over the last thirty days we had like two hundred fifty something percent. Of course, LPs um, take risk, but you know it's just trying to explain like all this attention has come and uh, and is coming because a lot of the activity is happening. Stable coins having like also huge uh, um, yield, and then kind of everyone setting into the right place. You want to be an LP, you take more risk, you get paid more with the uh, from the fees. You want to take lower risk, then savers get much lower yield, but take way less risk, so they don't take any uh, other side. So I think all of that coming up very nicely together. Um, the numbers itself like speak for themselves. I'm not sure about the affiliate revenue. I think that's has been um, something to, to check because we definitely have been uh, doing very good over the last two or three weeks. Our, our numbers have spiked a lot. So, but in general, not just talking about for wallet, I think the ecosystem is thriving mm -hmm. and uh, people are very, um, I think still very unaware. So like I just saw one, one post from chat from the guys of Bankless talking about uh, Fortune, they don't know what it is. I think it's like, while it's still a big protocol, um, and people, and, and it's understandable because Torchain was even like, let's say six, seven weeks ago, we were at a token that was not even, I think, in the top 100, or it was close to the, you know, in the last part of the 100 uh, chart. And it had just gone up, 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 and uh, a huge, massive upside uh, has happened. And now we're on the top 50 uh, as a, a room itself. So I think that kind of explains a bit what has happened. And um, we're, we're very excited to see that. Yeah, for sure. It's It's been very kind of funny to see the whole bank list thing. Um, maybe I'll actually open up that little tweet and just go on that next. But um, the two things you mentioned about the, the savers and streaming swaps for regular people who aren't into like defined stuff like that. Basically what that means is any coin can do native staking kind of with Thorchain's help thanks to savers where if you have Litecoin, you could put in Litecoin and then get the same amount of Litecoin out later plus a certain percentage on top of that. So it's like it's like a savings account for any crypto in the crypto. And this is especially big because um, Bitcoin people a lot of times they tend to want to only have Bitcoin. They don't want to gamble on shit coins or whatever they say. And so, and also a lot of people who even aren't maximalists, they're open to using other chains. They've just seen the historical price performance of all assets over a long period of time. And with crypto assets, basically only Bitcoin and Ethereum have been like reliable as far as doing well. And so they might be a little bit more risk averse and then they just want to earn. But so, or they, there might just be new people who are just new to Bitcoin and they just say, I want to store Bitcoin up and that's all they want to do. And then, oh, you can earn interest on this rather than giving to like, but then they 
put some on like FTX or Voyager or something and it goes explodes and they're like, oh, that's no good, but they still want to earn. So it just allows them to do that without saying, hey, why is my Bitcoin worth less today? Because a whole LP slippage, like they don't, they have no idea about that. And then the streaming swaps basically just means that if you're willing, if you don't need a swap to be finished right away, it can be a lot cheaper. And so that was the big thing is people are like, oh, I want to use this thing. And then they're like, it's more than Coinbase. I'll use Coinbase. It, they don't un, you know, understand or care about the de- decentralized this or that. Or, But then now it's like, oh, it's cheaper than Coinbase. And all of a sudden, a ton of volume just comes over. And I think it's been very, very... Um, it's been, it's like, that's the, the selling point that has gotten people to, to want to do something differently. Yeah, I agree. I think it's, it's a bit refreshing to see like cool stuff being built because the promise of torching has existed uh, for a long time, but it has taken a bit of time to kind of really come to fruition. Uh, because as you say, like end users, like there's obviously a niche of people who are like maxis are like decentralization maxis, but many people don't care. And we, as, uh, as a wallet, like we face with uh, a lot of people who are more in like the either noobs or like, you know, not extremely crazy crypto. They just have their crypto. They want to have some yield. And over the last cycle, we saw like people paid, uh, you know, really peanuts for their Bitcoin and taking over massive risk in terms of third party risk. And I think that was a um, kind of a bit of a lesson learned, even though those that have been in the ecosystem for longer time do know that, but those that came in the last mm-hmm. cycle kind of learn it um, sadly on a, on a bad way. But I think that is really interesting, like people keeping custody on their own, knowing that like, yeah, exactly, that's the best way to describe it, like a savings account, we we consider it as that. And, and that's more on the DeFi part, but I think also from like we're trying to build something like our our vision has always been super clear which is that we just want to make an app that brings all the financial services but based on DeFi. so for a person that you know just needs usdt and and they want to have some you know yield on that but they don't want to deal with other things and they still want to know put 1000 in and take out 1000 plus something um I think that's uh, pretty interesting. So, uh, and you know, now that there's more chains, there's also flexibility for not only ERC twenties on Ethereum that are massively expensive. Now you have stables in um, in Binance Smart Chain or in Avax, so people have have the option to to get that. But um, and the, just the last point, also, also one very interesting part is they kind of bringing D five uh, to projects that we're not really into DeFi, like Litecoin or, you know, even Dodge, you know, getting, and I think even in the Dodge community, it's not so, you know, well-known, but, you know, you can get some yield on your Dodge, take no other asset exposure, it's pretty cool. Yeah, and that's, a, that's kind of a good point about expanding reach to other communities because, um, for example, I had no interest in, very little interest in DeFi in the past because, um, I was just, I just care about spending crypto, using it as money. And then when there was projects like Dash that give you some yield on that too, it's like, well, I, I can participate in that or something. And that's it. And when DeFi came around, it was mostly an Ethereum thing. And so I didn't, and this was before Ethereum had tr- like staking for Ethereum itself, native staking. And so for everything else, I'm always just like, well, why do I want to use this weird service to swap amongst all these different ethereum tokens none of which i'm using none of which are useful to me and earn yield on this to like that whole leveraged yield kind of DeFi boom era i just did not care but it wasn't until i heard about thorchain that i'm like oh this makes sense to me because i do sometimes use bitcoin i do sometimes use litecoin and bitcoin cash and avalanche and all like now it makes sense to me now it actually is useful to me because these are all useful tokens outside of the DeFi context that now I can get DeFi services on. And I think that it's the same thing. Um, like for example, it's kind of funny, you mentioned the Bankless people because the Bankless podcast, which by the way, I've had, um, I have nothing specifically wrong with them, but I've been like fighting with them on Twitter for a long time because 
They are the opposite of bankless. And I kind of give them a lot of trouble about that. And, uh, but anyway, they, as you mentioned, I'm just going to put that, that tweet on the screen from Chad. Basically he says, he puts a little thing from the little excerpt from the bankless podcast says, Hey, you know, bankless says, I heard you don't know much about Thorchain or rune. It's a Dex that works cross chain. It's pumping right now because it's now the fourth largest Dex by volume over the last week, getting close to surpassing curve. Its volume has exploded because it has better price execution than every other centralized exchange or decentralized exchange. Yes, all of them. Do the new highly capital efficient, blah, blah, blah. And so basically, a lot of the space, I think, is sort of sleeping on the greater Thorchain ecosystem, um, especially because like the whole Ethereum world is just, that's all they care, that's all they care about is Ethereum. Kind of like the Bitcoin world, all they care about is Bitcoin. And now there's something else that's coming up and doing cool, innovative things. And it's kind of outside of their frame of reference to think, oh, there's a new project that's not just experimenting down at like the third page of CoinMarketCap somewhere. Like there's some actual other project that's doing real numbers. That's not just Ethereum or a bad Ethereum clone like Solana. Again, I'm not saying my opinions. I'm saying like that perspective. It's, so it's kind of interesting to see that like, People are now blown away. They're like, oh, this thing exists. Yeah, I think like it has always amazed me. And sometimes, of, of course, I love crypto Twitter. It's hilarious. But people <laughs> live in their own silos. You know, like, um, you know, they, if you're a Bitcoin maxi or you're an Ethereum maxi, and they just don't see anything beyond that. I think, I believe that there is uh, like space for everyone. Just build and uh, build cool stuff and let people use it and you know, if uh, somebody else wants to use this or that protocol, I think they, they are free to do that. And people get a bit too esoterical with that, you know, just, oh, no, no, you, Bitcoin can never use Ethereum. Or who knows what is going to be the right tool? Like, they're, they're, like, even, for example, Bitcoin, it's very interesting. Like, people, Bitcoiners never care about Torchain because it's some shitcoin out there. But to use Torchain, you don't need Rune. So that's kind of the cool part. And um, where then that that comes to to the the question why why people are not so uh, looking into but it, I think sadly in, in crypto many times marketing is just you know coin goes up then that's when a lot of attention comes and but but I think um, the core team from Torchin has been very smart on you know building a product that works that people need. And now the attention is coming. Then you have a product that people is like, oh, that's very cool and exciting. But uh, yeah, I'm, I think it's still quite under the radar. I would like to see more uh, from everyone, from, from the EAT guys, from the BTC guys, and uh, just come try it out. And I think there's even like cool stuff that, that are potential to build. Like, you know, like I was reading another tweet from, uh, I don't remember who, who posted it, but uh, having ethereum and uh you know just like uh, the grappling mechanism so the, there's like the w uh, e, uh, wbtc so like this connection wbtc and bitcoin that that's like a huge thing for a decentralized you know like you could connect bitcoin now to to uh to DeFi, but just beyond the the savers you can also you know so you have you have your wbtc then i wanted to bring uh, to have it to the real Bitcoin, but not bridge it. So just use Torchain. So that's that's pretty interesting. And I think there's a lot of potential there as well. Yeah, of course. Uh, it's kind of like the cross-chain interoperability kind of makes things a lot cooler. And uh, the interesting part about all those things is it adds, um, it adds value and functionality to a chain that doesn't otherwise have it. And in the most native way possible. So, I mean, obviously, if you're earning Bitcoin, you don't have Bitcoin in your wallet. It's in the pool, the liquidity pool, earning from savers, which I get some people don't trust necessarily as much as self-custody in a hardware wallet. But And there probably is a little bit of a security trade-off, but it's still pretty good. And it just kind of lends and expands that um, that functionality. And so um, now let's get to the, the the Maya stuff, because that's that's also been pretty interesting. So... Here we go. The Maya protocol um, says today's swaps alone, that was, was it yesterday, uh, contributed to an impressive 5.5 million in volume. And 
it's kind of interesting because compared to Thorchain, which then compared to the rest of the, the DeFi ecosystem is extremely small still. But Maya came into existence very recently, just a few months ago. And as a, you know, as a small, no VC money, no, just a very small kind of community chain that uh, basically at its start was like a, I guess like a, a less advanced version of Thorchain with like out the users and volume and everything else. And so started from a really disadvantaged sort of position, but then started to grow, of course, adding Dash as the first chain that's not on Thorchain. But then now with Kujira, I think that's where it's really started to, to take off because Kuji, I don't know very much about Kuji at all, I'll, I'll admit, but it seems to be a lot more aligned with the DeFi ecosystem than Dash is kind of like one of the older, old school coins before they invented DeFi or whatever. And so, <laughs> but all this together, um, it, it's kind of interesting. So let's switch back to the, um, the Thorchain slide for just a second, because uh, if you see under like the pro protocol revenue or whatever, it says organic fees versus block rewards is 43.1% versus 56.9%. So Thorchain still had the, the luxury of running on uh, inflation which Correct. is basically why, which is basically investor money or people who bought Rune, their supply is getting diluted and that's where it goes, and which is how Bitcoin works still for the most part, how just about every single crypto works is in the beginning, at least it's a lot of inflation. And so that makes it even harder for, for Maya, I think, because Maya started out with you know no inflation, basically just gave cacao to everyone. And then to everyone who participated in the liquidity auction, and then everything is fees. Everything is pure fees. So everyone who's sticking around to receive liquidity, to provide liquidity, to run nodes, all that stuff, they're all doing that purely based on what can be earned from, from swap fees. And if that isn't good enough, they're going to be gone. But apparently it is, and it's, it's doing pretty well. Yeah, we, we are very happy. Uh, you know, yesterday was a great day for for you guys uh, in Maya, and we we're super happy for them. And we were, a, you know, a true believer from day one. We obviously were a key player for them to to uh, do the liquidity option with Thor Wallet being one of the main places where people were able to participate. And I like since the you know Maya model was um, introduced, I was initially thinking that many other will kind of follow suit and do the same type of you know liquidity option. We haven't seen any, but I do think we will see some because it is it is an interesting aspect, which is um, I, I think you know evolution has happened. You know, it's a bit of Darwinism there, like we're having first the ICOs, give me your money, I promise you nothing, buy a lot of money wiped out. Of course, then <laughs> we moved then to okay, that's too bad. Let's have a better system, and then we had like the LP system, or you know, like we create a pool um, and then people come to the pool. There was a bit less risk. People can still go out of the pool, but you know there's still some rocks uh, that happen. And and I think this new system, which is quite kind of interesting, because you gave your Bitcoin, but you didn't buy anything. It was just kind of like we need this liquidity to kind of enable and power the system. And if you, and actually they were also smart in kind of breaking it down into different risk levels. So if you wanted to really believe. Then you have a higher payout you have to stay longer and if you you know wanted a quick buck then there was like a 30 days and uh thank you so basically you gave one bitcoin and then they gave like 90 percent of all the cacao went to to all the money that was collected um and then basically everyone got their free cacao so to speak but 90 percent of the supply went uh to to the lps and then 10 percent stayed for uh for impairment loss protection so and basically what it is interesting is this dual system of coins right because like you have cacao which is kind of the equivalent of rune um but then 10 percent of those fees get collected by maya so the team actually had no no cacao no investor had cacao so basically everyone who came really believed that swaps could happen in the future and the team will only get paid if volume comes into the chain, right? Because all their upside is in Maya and Maya only makes money when cacao fees are created. 
So I think that it's a very strong alignment. Um, of course, it's a much harder uh, starting point, right? Because you you have you start with nothing to to distribute. Um, and the the other part, which is interesting, was that they made some changes on on the bonding part. So like you could bond LPs, and I think that's also uh, still think it's something that people will experiment. But definitely cool to see people trying other ideas, you know, because we don't know what's going to work. I mean, Torchain is working very nicely, but we don't know if some tweaks here and that could also be attractive for other segment. And yeah, doing very well, very well. Uh, yesterday, I think, was the very the best, the, the first big day with the 5 million trading volume. Um, mm -hmm. And I think there's been a couple of things. So for Maya, also like some key pivotal moments, of course, the LA uh, racing whatever they had 15 million or something so that was more than most people ex expected because of the time the bear market so uh, key point number key point number one i think key point number two was um dash because until then they just had you know torchain fork uh had tokens that were already supported by torchain but bringing dash that's a different level of complexity because you need to integrate a new chain into like it's just a completely different uh skill set um so that was second and i think the third was very important just happened which was the tier one unlock so a lot of people had some questions on what will happen after the tier one basically was like the most convicted like the, the guys who had the most conviction had to wait uh 200 days until they could remove their liquidity and that just happened like i don't know three weeks ago and there was a bit of thought and well i wouldn't say fault but expectation on what would happen there yeah and um that's gone so i think now that that's off the table people said okay torchin is doing very well streaming swaps are coming to maya new chains are there as you say dash and the koji guys have been like very very active i think the pool is almost a 1 million now so yeah overall kind of the pieces also falling up uh, in the right place and people starting to think I mean, just from from an investor point, of course, no financial advice, but like it's just so much mm. smaller, right, than mm. Torchain, but similar tech. So most people will think, okay, might be a good a good opportunity. Yes, I think it's um, it's especially I think the tokenomics are stronger. Like, obviously, I'm a big fan of Torchain, but I think that Maya, and obviously, time will tell if this is this is different. But um, I think is it's a better structure. So with Thorchain, um, I think that a lot of these things were necessary because Thorchain uh, is one of, I think, one of the most innovative projects in crypto. And innovative means a ton of work has to be done, right? It's, a, it's Innovation is expensive. And so, like, for example, I'm a big fan of Zcash as well. And Zcash has thrown a lot of money into developing basically state-of-the-art uh, zero-knowledge proof uh, you know inventions where like the halo mm -hmm. proving mechanism is kind of you know move the state of the art of cryptography forward and like but that's a lot of that's a lot of very high talented developer you know and money of course and so Thorchain you're not quite as like lean as Maya of course but I think you might have needed that to just start something so so crazy so different Whereas, you know, Maya has the, the benefit of that. But um, the Maya tokenomics, um, I know a lot of people who bought Rune because they liked Thorchain at the top, at the market top. And then the Rune price went really down, really far down. And people, and a lot of people who were providing liquidity struggled during that time because they're like, I'm providing liquidity and it's a high APY kind of thing. Why, why, are, why does my profitability keep on going down? And then it just becomes like i remember there was a, a a moment when a lot of the root the thorchain community was very like disillusioned a little bit kind of because of that and obviously the cacao will go up and down over time i'm not expecting it to just keep on going up forever but i think it has a lot less of the ability to go down because there isn't that inflation because it's not like all the holders get all the cacao and it's not like you there's no inflation adding that pressure and then also you don't need just so much money in the protocol to make it run 
like with Thorchain because you have to have fully rune bonded nodes, whereas the LP bonding makes it more efficient. And I really also like the um, the Maya token, as I've talked about before. I feel like um, it's not only good because, oh, it's another way of like revenue sharing, but also it takes away that speculative, it kind of takes a lot of that speculative juice away from the, the native token, the, the worker token, and takes it to a, a different class. And um, so I did this thread, let me put that up for just briefly, I'm not gonna read it of course, but I did this thread on Maya uh, recently about basically, you know, the what the 47 and a half thousand in uh, fee revenue, which I think is over, it's like 55,000 is what it ended up mm -hmm. being. But yeah, I passed Polygon and some of the other top L2s for the, some of the top networks for the day, which is pretty crazy. Um, and especially considering that that's, that's like all fees. And the thing that I, I like the most, and I kind of mentioned it in this thread here about the no fee model is, um, the pressure it is the negative. I like the negative part. The fact that there's no room for error as far as you're going to lose your money fast if, if it doesn't work out. And I, yeah. as I mentioned, I seen like Alex and other people, I just seen like the the stress and the pressure in their faces, like making this happen despite the big smiles. I, I could see through that, that it's like, oh, we, we need to make this work. Otherwise we're going to lose everything. And I, I really think that that's, that's why the free, free market systems lift so many people out of poverty all over the world is because it has that, it rewards people for doing good things, but also has that pressure of, I can't just sit and just, exist if i don't move it's like like in nature i have to work hard so i don't starve to death and it's that yeah. same mentality i think has really made maya go from like a, just a nothing like a, a non-existent project that doesn't doesn't even have a chain into a i would say one of the most profitable as far as like raw fee revenue networks in all of crypto in just a couple months and i think the pressure has a lot to do with that yeah, it's a it's an interesting point. I mean, definitely, like, like the the, the question is where is the balance, right? Because mm -hmm. one of the cool innovations on crypto was like you can get like big money and then you can aim for the stars, right? Like, let's build something cool. Would mm -hmm. you be able to build like CK proofs or stuff like that with like very small amount of capital? That's questionable. But then that kind of plays for the other side, which is like. Uh, you have the people who then raise too much and then don't know what to do. You know, you have the money, but you have no product and then you have to, to deliver. Um, I do think that uh, one of the questions, uh, and it's kind of a negative part on DeFi, is that with the whole DeFi and the yield uh, craze that happened, capital became a bit too, um, what is, you know, they, they just they just move to wherever the, the 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 highest yield was there so and, and of course that's like a, a normal thing to do in a capitalistic system but um that also made you know create some weird incentives for people to kind of just hunt for the yield mm -hmm. which um made it harder for protocols because at the end of the day most or every single DeFi project is based off of having liquidity to provide the service so if you don't have enough liquidity to provide your service, then your base your service is basically dead. So one of the challenges that were there when Maya was uh, starting was like you do need to attract enough liquidity to come in. And as to your point, there was no you know inflation or free token that they 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 were gonna give you to provide that liquidity beyond the liquidity auction. That was like a you know one off starts and but then after that you still want to have more people bringing more liquidity so you can provide more swaps. And those people basically get no rewards at all um, besides the fees, right? The, the fees are the ones that are that are bringing that. So what my conclusion from this is just like, these guys are kind of taking big bets on, on Maya, right? Because Maya has uh, also to run a node on Maya is, is not as expensive as Torchin, but it's definitely expensive because you're mm -hmm. running at that like a full Bitcoin node, a full Ethereum node, like uh, a full Dash, uh, Kuji. So like it, it is expensive and like people are just taking the bet on, you know, the volume is going to come. They're going to be paid on on on, 
on on the fees and this is going to be profitable and the, the other second point was like this five million five point something million volume day that happened um this was uh before uh two big things that they're bringing so one of them is savers for mm -hmm. torchain uh, and all the other you know savers for for dash and so on and the second thing is streaming swaps so and i think streaming swap is really what unlocks the next move because once you have like super cheap swaps like i think it aligns very good the incentives like if you want to ape then you're going to pay high high slippage you know do it uh, you know, be my guest and get the get the hair, a haircut with with the fees. But most people who are like, okay, I can wait two three hours or I can wait six hours, whatever, and then get a good price execution, then that's gonna be like a big factor. So now you will have that uh, uh, streaming uh, streaming stuff coming to Maya, and I do really think that that's gonna bring the volume to a much bigger level. So. Um, very, very excited to see that. And I think there's other chains coming in, you know, big activity chains as well, like Arbitrum. Uh, so that that's that's gonna, uh, if if Torchain is kind of, you know, under the radar, Maya is, um, you know, as niche as can be right now, but I think that's uh, also very good to see that even though it's, it's you know, niche for this kind of, cross-chain ecosystem uh, is doing pretty well still, you know? So that's, that's very nice to see. Yeah, absolutely. And especially when you have um, like pass-through data coming so that you could do a swap across the two chains, across Thorchain and Maya with one go. Uh, the thing that I think is um, interesting about the entire ecosystem, well, first to just finish on the, the Maya, like no inflation kind of thing. Um, I do think that that was a little, it was a little insane, like <laughs> the time frame of everything. And I think that in the future, if other projects use this model, it'd be very difficult to succeed under that short time frame. Um, probably it would make more sense to do like the, the lockup periods up to one to five years for like the biggest ones, maybe. And just something like that. So it's not as like, if the Maya team hadn't worked so hard right away, um, I think that we, because we did see in the tier one unlock, there was a dip. You did see people dump very little relatively, relative to everything. It was very little, but it was a little bit of a dump. If they had worked just a little bit, not as hard, it could have been a huge dump, which could have caused a cascade and it could have destroyed the whole protocol. So it's a very risky move. Um, but I think that what we haven't yet seen is, uh, first of all, there's a lot of, um, a lot of applications of swapping so for example um, the dash ecosystem is very much outside of the whole DeFi thing it's just you know pay for stuff and so the integration into the dash wallet which is a wallet which supports one coin and mostly just lets you receive and send and is adding some privacy features and other things like that but uh, they're integrating maya but as a receive and as a um, send to other non-supported coins, but still it's a one coin wallet. And so because of that, it's, it's a completely different kind of user where someone might just say, Hey, you know, pay me all, all I got is, you know, say Bitcoin. Sure. I'll take it. And then they receive it as dash. It's a very, it's not a trader at all or a DeFi person. And the same thing of like, here, I'll pay you. Oh, I only take Bitcoin. Well, I'm fine here. I'll send you the dash through the Maya thingy and it'll, there we go. It just goes. And uh, obviously streaming swaps help a lot for price execution on some of that. But I think we'll see a lot more of those kinds of applications. But also, uh, I think what we haven't yet seen is uh, major exchanges uh, start to turn their their infrastructure into just Thorchain and Maya, which I think we're starting to see. I mean, as I've mentioned before, Thor Wallet is a good example of what I would see like an exchange of the future being, where which is just a nice front end with on-ramps and off-ramps that uses a, a decentralized protocol for all the trading. And I think that we see with uh, Coinbase is already doing all this stuff on base. They've made their own you know, centralized chain or whatever. Um, I don't know if that's going anywhere really, but the, the thought is very accurate where, uh, let's, let's try to 
remove counterparty risk and hack risk and all this other stuff. Let's try to remove that from our, our trading thing. And like, all it takes yeah. is like, all it takes is, um, let's just say Binance. Um, well, maybe let's just go lower. Let's say Kraken. Let's say just Kraken decides to get rid of all their, all their exchange stuff, except for fiat onboarding and off and selling and just the trading segment. They just, go on top of Thorchain, Maya, Uniswap, all the different decks. They just become like a DEX aggregator service in the back end. They don't tell anyone necessarily, other than maybe some email that the customers never read. But they other than that, they don't really tell anyone. They just it just moves and all of a sudden Thorchain Maya volume goes through the roof even more. And then people yeah. are like, what happened? I didn't hear about this coin. It was only top fifty. I think I think you're very right. But uh, you know like that's like three levels. I think the first mm -hmm. level is going to be like, once Ledger integration comes in, like we will see a massive unlock of volume, you know, like people who want to trade big quantities. I mean, still kind of enabled now on um, Torchain, but it's still like, you know, not not uh, open for newbies. You have to go developer mode. Uh, like mm -hmm. nobody's going to do that. Like only if you're like a hardcore user. So once once uh, Ledger is kind of enabling that for Torchain and Maya on a simple way, that's going to unlock a lot. We are working on having Ledger integrated to the to the mobile wallet. So that's going to be like our vision is because we have multi-wallet, right, on for wallet. And our vision is, you know, you have your, let's say, wallet one where you have your four card. And then mm -hmm. there you don't have a lot of money. You have your 100, 200 bucks to pay your coffee here and there. Then you have like your wallet number two, which is the one that's connected to, to Ledger. But that the means that is on the go, uh, it's not at risk because you always need the physical device, right? To execute and mm -hmm. so on. So like you can say, oh, now I want to move some of my capital from Ledger to some transaction. Uh, I have my phone, I have my Ledger on, and then boom, done. And then you can have like a third wallet, which is your like Degen crazy, uh, whatever, I'm going to buy this uh, new token. So that is what we're kind of trying to, or where we're aiming. And back to your point, I think we are seeing like Coinbase, as you said, with their own uh, chain, Binance as well with their OP, BNB. Uh, and I think they are just, I think Unisub caught everyone, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I wouldn't say with their pants down because they're making a lot of money, but like it was just like really like very, everyone got impressed on how much, you know, market adoption did this got and, and uh, you know, how powerful it can be to really have a DEX and, and um, that kind of coupled to what happened with the fallout of FTX, then people starting to say, shit, I have like, how is, how am I going to have big amounts of money on a DEX? And what happens if I move my money there and something happens, then like the really the counterparty risk came to another level of awareness. So where now you can say, okay, now we execute something for you, but still keeping the like the whole interchange of asset on a decentralized way. And I think the decentralization aspect is very important, but what is more important is the IOU is way more important. So like on on centralized exchanges or, you know, mostly everyone, it's just their database, right? So you don't, or it's very hard to know. And that's why they're going into all these proof of reserves and everything. But it was very difficult to know even with FTX, if they say they have whatever, 10,000 Bitcoins, do they really have these 10,000 Bitcoins, right? Like it was just one number in their database, number goes up, click, click, click. So, uh, and I think that is something that is very important because when you do a cross-chain swap using a DEX, you know that the money is there. Like you, you before the the swap itself, you can go literally and say, okay, this pool has two million, two million or whatever. So your risk exposure changes from like, oh, I execute this in one hour, but you still have full visibility onto like kind of a full accounting on what's what's the status of the network. So. I, I think what you're saying will happen. Some exchanges will, you know, put their feet in there and say, uh, and it makes sense, right? Like for big swaps, how, how are you going to be dealing with Bitcoin to Ethereum huge swaps? 
you're going to start to to kind of do some of that activity through ADEX to diversify as well your your risk i think so i i see it definitely will happen yeah and like everything it's all uh you know money talks and the one thing that going back to that original thor chain graphic of all the statistics um a lot of the there's a lot of affiliate revenue where it's one of those genius things that um i think a lot of people in crypto might um be averse to because they're in crypto to avoid middlemen and they think, oh, it's the same as the old banking system, million people involved. But it's actually like a genius thing because there's always going to be businesses built on everything. And to just have a protocol level thing where every swap that goes across this decentralized protocol can still benefit a specific front end, even though you can use it yourself, like without using a front end technically. Right? Mm -hmm. If you figure it out yourself, you could do that. Uh, but I think that what that will do is you have something like Bi like Binance, let's just say, and then they have a lot of like FUD flying around about, oh, they're gonna, they're insolvent, proof of exchange, oh, they're manipulating, like all this kind of stuff. And that costs them money because they lose customers, they have to hire people to do audits, they have to do compliance things, they have to do all these kinds of things. And it becomes very expensive and all the security they have to do and you know funds are safu the safu fund they have to do all this kind of stuff and that costs a lot of money and then they can see well we make this these are our costs if we migrate to purely being like a a, a dex front end these are the affiliate fees we can get from thorchain and maya and stuff so then they can make the revenue calculation okay we'd make this much probably less than we were making before in gross revenue but then there's all these costs we get to cut out because we don't have to do this. We don't have to do that. We all this kind of other stuff. And then at some point that, that uh, prospect of, you know, the, the flipping is going to happen where at some point, if we just use this, it's going to benefit us more than it will lose us. And then at that point uh, they don't have to care about decentralization. They'll just switch because it pays them more. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, well, let's wrap up with talking about the new um, Thor Wallet thing, which, you know, I just so I just put up on the screen the um, the announcement, the big mobile, big mobile update now live in test flight in Android, lots of improvements, revamped wallet screen, new affiliate fee structure, improved action bar, Kuji gas fixes, USK send fixes, LP fixes, blah blah blah, and dash send fixes, which I know some some people were having some issues. Um, because of hitting the max send max button and stuff. And so hopefully like all that's taken care of. So why don't you just explain what this whole thing is? Yeah, yeah, sure. So um, yeah, we just released a new update for test flight and Android. So, you know, if you were having some issues, please go ahead and update. And this is kind of one of the updates that we will do. And we're going to be kind of rolling out several updates through the course of the, the next few days, because what we are focusing a lot is on like we have added a lot of functionality over the year, but we are also growing at a very fast pace. And it has kind of kind of in into a conflict where some users started to to see the user experience getting uh, you know lower or than they expected. So we have started to focus a lot on uh, reliability, speed, and and one of the big changes is like and people uh, will see that is on the wallet screen. On the wallet screen, we have a lot of things going on. We had have kind of cut down a lot of the uh, let's say quote unquote noise, you just simplify wallet screen, much more responsive. And this also plays into, we were getting a lot of contacts from people using Android that the app was kind of, was becoming, you know, more heavy, more resource intensive. And that all played a role, you know, like when one of the, one of the challenges of building a decentralized app is that, you know, data comes from everywhere. So it's not like a single database and, and how do you improve? How do you bring light latency to that? And when you load all these tokens, then those took resources. So we're kind of streamlining that. That's a huge change. We also changed the action bar. So kind of having more prominent the wallet connect. People sometimes couldn't find it. Oh, where can I use this? So wallet connect right there on the front. Um, and the other thing is just fixes. You know, on um, first of all, you know the the Kuji, uh, so there were some issues with the gas. Um, gas management is on a multi, 
or a cross-chain world is kind of a bit of a pain in the ass because every chain has its own thing, uh, things change here and there. Uh, so that's that's something that we are constantly working on. So there were some issues with people having or paying higher gas uh, fees for Kuji that's fixed. Uh, but Maya just integrate US, uh, USK. So we just kind of uh, clear all the bugs so people who want to LP into Kuji or uh, USK now can do it. And um, you also reported some issues with Dash as well. So that was related, as you said, with the max button. And that is uh, mostly fixed. If there's some, like, you know, sometimes fees go a bit higher. The thing is that uh, Dash is very cheap, right? So like for mm -hmm. transactions, but still like, you know, if, if you have a, a bit, what's happening with the max button and th this is kind of a pain in the ass when we're thinking how to, how to improve the experience is um, the max button is a trade-off between leaving dust, uh, you know, leaving the less dust possible, but on the other hand, ensuring that the transaction goes through. On chains mm -hmm. like Dash, this is kind of a smaller concern because you pay nothing, um, or like the, the the gas fees are very small. But on Bitcoin and Ethereum, this is a massive concern, right? Like, uh, mm -hmm. do you do you pay gas fees and then your transaction doesn't go through? and then you burn the money so this is something that requires constant work but yeah the 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 dash should work now and if people still have some issue it's just easy to just remove three four decimals and it should work it's just like it's just like trying to use all the possible uh asset that you have mm -hmm. then there might be like a little bit of a gas issue and then it doesn't allow you but if you just remove some decimals it should work the dash like remove three decimals and then it works and the other big thing is um, improve affiliate fee. We're going to put, as I said there in the post, uh, another more in detail broken down. But basically, we have three tiers. So uh, if you have either our four wallet coin, which is TGT, or if you have an NFT, we provide rebates on the fee. So uh, you have lower fees on swaps, LPs, everything, card. Um, but what we're doing now, the introduction of streaming swaps, as I said, changes things a bit. So now what we're doing is having a more nuanced approach for, you know, like zero to $50,000, 50,000 uh, to 500K and more than 500K. So there's going to be a bit of a, a discount on volume, but still having their own like uh, segment of, let's say high, um, high fees, which is like, you don't have TGT. Uh, medium fees or very low fees if you have more TGT. Uh, most of our users are kind of in the middle ground, which they are like the average they're paying is around 0.3, which is very competitive. Um, but people see the high tier and they say, oh, you know, why are we paying so much? Um, which I think is a bit ironic because people do want, you know, the uh, we, we put a post, I think, two weeks, three weeks ago about everything that has been accomplished. And this was kind of a recap on small summary, but it was just like a lot of things, a lot of fit, lot of new features, and you know we want uh, we want a good app, and that costs money. We we have to pay salaries and so on. But I understand people don't want to pay fees, but at the same time, you know, mm -hmm. kind of a necessary evil because you need to build a sustainable business model. You 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 don't want to have, you know. Because I, I, I do believe incentives matter, right? If you don't have Absolutely. a sustainable business model, then your incentive is to rob people or to create something which is like a scam and go. But what we are really trying to build is like uh, an app that people can use, you know, like a so-to-called Revolut for DeFi. And, and that has to be coming with the cost of, you know, you want to use it. It's free, download it, keep your assets, whatever. But we need to make some money there. And... Um, we are also bringing these nuance to say, okay, you are a large trader, you're going to have lower fees. So that is all coming into this new, new update. So, uh, yeah, we're very, very, uh, much looking forward to the feedback from the community. And also the guys from Dash have been very active in providing feedback and we are mm -hmm. super happy to, uh, you know, to hear that. Yeah, definitely. It's, um, it's a great wallet and. Uh, we're just the, the the gas the max send thing is kind of funny because i've had a lot of issues with max send over many years of using mostly thorchain interfaces but you know obviously with maya as well right now 
and just because of the dust thing, right? And it makes perfect sense because, um, and this is something that I do believe will have to absolutely change in crypt all crypto in the future is just this this weird fee uncertainty problem. Uh, now, as you mentioned, as you mentioned, the Dash thing doesn't matter as much because not only does Dash have low fees, but also the the amount of fee you spend in Dash makes almost no difference as far as like transaction finality on the actual chain itself, right? Because if you spend any fee, it'll be locked in and confirmed instantly. The slight nuance of difference, I guess, is with with Maya. From what I'm, from what I hear, um, the Maya Maya looks at blocks and not you know mempools and things like that, and so it would have to have a confirmation to count, which is why, even though Dash transactions are final instantly, the the chain lock, the first confirmation, kind of uh, matters. Yeah. But for I can't really imagine a situation where there's much variance in the future for, for Dash specifically of how long does, of the fee versus that. And it's just, I, I think that um a lot of DeFi like tokens and things, like I, I think that, <laughs> unfor- I don't think this is gonna be the case long-term in crypto because people won't, won't put up with it. I just think it's kind of like a thing with Bitcoin and Ethereum today where you just have to like, you know, you don't know if you're paying enough for it to even execute and you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah. it's, as far as the wallet, so um, typically when I um, I advocate for people to use the Edge wallet because it's, you know, it, it's been around a long time. It's a very good wallet, has a lot of coins, all this kind of stuff. And it does have like ThorChain in the back end for some swaps. And recently, a couple times I've been telling people they should get Thor wallet instead because it's a little more streamlined and accesses some of these extra features that are that are good. And, um, it just, uh, mostly when you hear people, you know, complaining about <laughs> stuff is because of those are people I told you should use Thorwall instead and they're okay. So then they switch and then there's still some issues, but then once those are solved, it's, it's something I'd like to be able to tell people if they want to live all off of crypto, it's just like, just start with Thorwall and then you can just do all your stuff from there and then just get like, for example, a dash wallet to do like regular spending as like your little cash wallet and then start them off like that. And I think we're very close to being able to do that. Yeah. I mean, for those that are in Europe, uh, it's going to be a very nice cycle because uh, as you say, you have your dash, you want to spend it. Like, I think a lot of the problem in crypto right now is like, yeah, some people accept crypto, but like that bridge to the real world will have to happen. And um now let's say when uh, Maya integrates Arbitrum, which is going to be in the next few months, what will basically be possible is you have your Dash, you want to pay whatever you want to pay, you know, your McDonald's burger, then you can just send $20 of Dash, uh, swap it to USDC and uh, instantly top up your card and, you know, pay on the go instantly. So like all the process, you know, in two or three minutes, whatever that takes for the confirmation. But the thing is, once you have this USDC and you charge it on the card, you can spend like in that distant. And that's like super cool. And um, I think that's gonna be like a, uh, a nice way for users to, to, to bring more real life activity because it's a real card, Visa card. Um, so you can pay whatever you want. So that's, uh, you know, you live in the crypto world, you pay with crypto, but you need sometimes to pay something that uh, you can pay. Uh, and yeah, thanks for the shout out for, for the users on, on, on downloading Third Wallet. We are definitely trying to, to improve. Uh, we're, we're wanting to hear all the feedback and just, uh, you know, we, we are, we're actually seeing massive growth. Well, you know, what, uh, our goal now in the next few months is to be having 100,000 downloads. We recently reached the 55,000. So it's been a, um, you know, a long journey from, from where we started now to 55,000 downloads. But I think the other part is not only the downloads, is the active users. We have seen like a, over the last six weeks. And of course, highly, like a big part of that is driven because of Bitcoin going up and everything. but like the number of active users on the wallet has just constantly been going up, 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 up on a daily basis. And it just, you know, make us happy to see that, but also kind of raises a bit the bar on 
we need to improve on, you know, people don't care, uh, decentralization, decentralization, whatever. They just come, it doesn't work this, and then some people get discouraged. So yeah, we're, we're working to, to kind of iron those things out, but we're also excited to, to kind of connect all pieces together, you know, lending that came from uh, Torchain, uh, Maya, like all of these kind of interacting pieces coming into place into one and just, we have customers everywhere, right? So like, and and that's just for us makes us very happy to say we can provide a service for someone that we don't know who they are. We save no data, but they can decentralize swap for Bitcoin and you know gain back some of their freedom. So even though that's a bit you know too idealistic, I do think it's a, it's a massive tool that is sometimes kind of underplayed for you know first world countries where it's like oh nobody cares about that no it does play a big role yeah and the one thing that i personally have not used but i would i really think is cool is the the whole thor cash thing of being able to on-ramp without kyc which is in my like in my opinion obviously i don't like kyc for like idealistic reasons and things but i also really don't like it for um, new user onboarding things, because it's for me, it's very easy to get someone to download a crypto wallet and then I send them some and they can use it. It's just so easy. And the problem is if they want to start playing around with it, then they're like, well, how do I buy some? And then they like, okay, I'll go to the Coinbase and sign up and then you got to have the picture with your ID and all this stuff and, and then wait for, it's just so bad for like, like if someone's going to do this for their lifestyle, they will do it but just a new user experience is so bad. And so um, being very, just being able to just, I'm gonna buy like $200 worth of the credit card right, right away. And then I get to play, I get to put it in here. Oh, look, the thing went up. Oh, the staking went up. I swapped it for this coin. I spent it, at okay, cool. And then they get it. And then eventually if they have to KYC to buy more, that's that's okay. It's so that's kind of the, the something that I think is really, you know, it's a cool kind of feature of this whole thing. Yeah, we are, I mean, that when when we were thinking about what are the key, because we see things of how do we reduce friction for the wallet, right? Because mm-hmm. um, one is downloading the app is friction number one, right? Not everyone, like CS and that, they want to download it. But it's the cost for this is almost zero, so you have the tap. But then a lot of people have no crypto, so how do you get crypto, as you said? Um, and for small amounts, like, I mean, honestly, this is a very complicated topic because you know governments are cracking hard on KYC, but this is, I think, this is something where technology really is the solution. Like we, we need to have a solution that is uh, knowledge zero knowledge proof based, because we have seen like the government and everyone like they they they're just not capable of keeping this KYC data secure and and forcing people to do KYC is like killing a. Um, mosquito with a bazooka, you know, like the, the downside is so big. Uh, we saw it with, I don't know, I think it was, I don't know if it was Bojiger or Celsius, but one of the big companies got, uh, uh, go bankrupt, then they their data was sold, and then the customer was, the data was leaked and so on. So um, KYC is definitely a big issue and uh, for user adoption, number one, right? And, and for other thing is like, how for for limiting the expansion of crypto as well like you want to control it like oh how do i buy how do i buy with my euros okay let's make it the hardest possible for people to you know scare them off of these uh, weird tokens or whatever so we do need to make some um, some improvements in that area and of course right now i think we're kind of in the middle of the best that we can do of a bad situation which is like uh, larger amounts will need KYC, and uh, do you still want to do it like on a non-custodial wallet, or do you want to do it on a custodial wallet where uh, you have other types of risks? So, uh, just just to close the thought, like we we are working on bringing more uh, partners so that we have more on ramps available. So mm-hmm. that's gonna come up also like soon. I would say quarter one. So that like for us, it's important to give user options and then user has kind of, you know, free market, you know, whatever they think is the best they will use for their own purposes. 
and uh, yeah, we we are bringing more options as well. Yeah, well, fantastic. Well, that seems like a good place to wrap this whole thing up. Uh, obviously, follow Four Wallet Decks on Twitter, and then Crypto underscore XZ, and anywhere else you want to send people. Uh, yeah, if they have some more questions, they want to learn more, you can go to our official website. You know, it's uh, fourwallet.org, and they can find more information about what we're doing, about the card. And most of our information is always uh, first posted on Twitter. So, you know, follow us on Twitter to have the latest news. Yeah, fantastic. Well, thanks very much for being on. This is a great stream. And then everyone else, thanks for watching. Hit the like button and share this all over the place whenever you see it. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Have a good weekend and bye-bye, guys. Thank you.